You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 4 of Take About Podcast. I'm Eli Tokash. And I'm Sydney Lucas. We can't ignore the events that have occurred in our country, and we need to address it. Thank you for understanding our decision to take two weeks off in solidarity of what has transpired in the past couple of weeks relating to the Black Lives Matter movement. We couldn't divert or distract from the conversation at hand. This is not a trend. This is not just a moment. It is a movement that is going to take persistence and action. As a community, we must continue to educate and have the difficult conversations. We must listen to those affected and share information needed to continue helping the spread of this movement. The fight is not over, and we will continue to use our platform to spread love. For more information on the Black Lives Matter movement and how you can help, click on the link in our Instagram bio at Podcast. So everyone, a little over a month ago, we recorded a bunch of episodes, one being with the incredible Sierra Renee. She was playing Elsa and Frozen on Broadway, however, soon after we recorded this episode, they had announced they were closing. But, without further ado, let's turn it over to the incomparable Sierra Renee. Take a bow. We have an absolute fierce and virago of a woman. She was my Elsa before anyone else's. Welcome to the podcast, Sierra Renee. Hi. <laughs> that was like the, I think that might be the best intro I've ever been given. Oh, good. Say, what was that word you used? Virago. Yes, I know. Virago. So I was thinking of like a word that I could use that would kid friendly. Because oh, the like, word that I had maybe bad, wasn't. yeah, bad, bad, <laughs> um, bad, but okay. <laughs> but I was like, there has to be some word. So I was doing some research, and here is what Virago says. It says a Virago is a woman who demonstrates exemplary and heroic qualities. Female warrior, heroic maiden. So I was like, yeah, that works. Oh my I think gosh. I'm gonna change my Instagram profile tagline to "Heroic Maiden." That feels right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he, we were texting. He was like, "Is it okay if I say like that word, like bad, bad, 
arse, but um, saying <laughs> in a British accent is fine that way. Um, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, for sure. And he was like, no, I got another word in all caps. I appreciate the research. Of course, of course. You've always been a smart cookie. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'll take it. I mean, I definitely had some help from my family, but yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. What can I say? Sierra, we're so happy to have you on, and we're so thankful for you and your time. But we want to get into a little bit about you and about your career. Um, you've had a crazy cool and like exciting one for sure so currently sierra is playing the lead role of elsa in frozen as the first women of color to i guess full-time do it because i believe an understudy Mm -hmm. has done it um yes but yes so talk to us about that and how exciting that is i mean it's super exciting it's a little sad that i don't get to do it in the present moment but um it you know i had about a month on before everything went wacky and uh, I mean, it, look, it's a dream come true. I've always been a big Disney fan. Um, this is my return to Disney. Uh, I did Hunchback before. And, you know, it's a big, loving family. Everyone was really supportive because it's, look, it's not an easy role. And it's not easy coming into a show that's been running for several years, you know. But everyone was really welcoming. And, uh, you know, we also it was an interesting process going into the show because we also reimagined it that was like the term mm. we're using. um <laughs> the disney term of reimagining the show where they um cut some songs added a new song you know we got to do a lot of really cool work with the cast before we came in which isn't always the case um which you would know um and so yeah no i mean it's it's a dream come true that's Aww. awesome i know you say it's like a hard role to just step into especially like how demanding it is vocally and everything like that what do you do to like help your voice and your body and all of that um yeah you know i was still kind of in the process of figuring out figuring out exactly what i needed to do day to day to like stay on top of feeling healthy and feeling my best so i could give my best but you know a lot of it comes down to just putting in the practice day by day, being really disciplined and consistent with that. I work with a vocal coach, Susan Icorn Young, who's fantastic. Um, And I just started working with her for this um, project and it's been so helpful. You know, getting good sleep, eating well, not eating chocolate at night, which is a hard one for me. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of all the stuff that I feel like people do inherently know it's just you have to be pretty like disciplined and consistent about it because it's you don't want to belabor what something that's already really difficult it's like i'm wearing like 30 pounds of dresses running around the stage belting really high notes you know it's not it's not easy and i want to be able to do it to my best of my ability and not hurt myself because you know we do it eight times a week so it just comes down to being really consistent about self-care Absolutely. Right. Self-care is so important with stuff like this. Yeah. You're also, you're like a triple threat, actually probably a quadruple threat in like every uh, sense of the word <laughs> or two words <laughs> term, I guess. You're an actress, you're a singer, you're a dancer, and you're a model. Which one caught your eye first? And also, how do you maintain all of that? Like, that's a, cause that's a lot of work to maintain, you know, your, your singing abilities and your dancing abilities, your acting abilities. Just how? How, man? 
<laughs> well, first of all, I, I just think you're being very generous. Um, I definitely, <laughs> look, I won't say that all of my skills are 100% and equal and on the same level because they're not, truthfully. And it's a rare person if, that they are. It really does take a lot of discipline and consistency to keep all of your skills going at the same time. And honestly, I, I haven't found in my own life that it's really possible to keep up with all of your skills all of the time. There's a lot of stuff that's expected of performers and it's cool stuff. We love it, obviously, but it's like, it, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know that singing caught my eye first. I didn't know any, I didn't know about musical theater. I didn't know about like modeling. I didn't know these things were like careers. I just thought that they were like fun things to do as a younger person. But singing was the thing that I like, came out doing like before I could speak I have a tape somewhere before I knew words I was singing along to songs like I was like Aww. just scatting and like coming up with syllables that kind of sounded like words um <laughs> so yeah I've always been singing I always thought I was going to be like a, a pop star or whatever Aww. until I did the musical in high school and I was like oh actually I want to do this and <laughs> just changed course so I had never danced before college I had never like really like at all. I did a couple of shows kind of like in community and regional theater before I went to college, but like it was really like fast and furious, just throw yourself in there and do your absolute best. And that's kind of what I did. And I made a lot of mistakes at the beginning and I still do. I never thought, you know, I worked with Eli and um, Pippin and I just like never really thought I would ever do that kind of like difficult dancing professionally. I was like, I, I can do some dance, but not like that. So it was kind of mind blowing. You know, it just takes work. I put a lot of work into that audition. I trained with people. I trained with people who worked with Fosse. Like I was like, I'm just gonna take as many lessons as possible, you know? So it's constantly just re-upping and learning new things. I think as performers, our job of learning is never over. Mm. Yeah, true. For sure. So you and Eli, you met through Pippin, right? Yeah. That's a very acrobatic show. Yeah. Did you have to do, because uh, I never saw, I never got to see Pippin. I really wish I did. I know, Eli, you said you had to like balance on a ball. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of insane. Did you, was it like an acrobatic show for you? Yes, very much. The first thing that I started rehearsing before learning any of the material or anything like that was uh, the trapeze. Oh my gosh. Which was really difficult. And honestly, it was really difficult. And I learned like a 20, 1 20th of a percent of like what a real trapeze artist would need to know. Um, and I still do trapeze because I love it. Like I go and I do it at um, uh, New York Trapeze School because I, I just think it's so fun and like invigorating. But I like remember sitting on this trapeze bar for like three or four hours and it like digging into my my butt my arse oh. <laughs> and uh just you know how sore my arms were and you know it we put a lot of work into that because you know no no one in musical theater is like i don't we don't just like know this. This isn't like something we train for at school necessarily, unless it's like a hobby of yours. Right. So yeah, um, and there was a lot of like magic tricks and hula hooping and all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of preparation and hard work. Wow. 
Yeah, it's crazy, especially what you guys are doing, like, there. I know what you're talking about with, like, the bar digging into your butt, because luckily all I had to do was just sit on it, but you guys, you were doing, like, actual (laughs) stuff. It was crazy. It was so cool. Um, But, yeah, my Broadway debut was Pippin, and thank you to her. She actually had one under her belt and had been with the show already. So your Broadway debut was Big Fish. Mm-hmm. right okay so yes. um talk to us a little bit about that like because you say that you were in high school and you had that realization so talk about how when you finally like made it to new york on the big stage and what that feeling was like for you yeah so i mean quickly after realizing that i wanted to do musical theater like my junior year sophomore year maybe of high school i went to college i went to baldwin wallace um in ohio and i got my bachelor's in music and so from the start of starting at Baldwin Wallace, we knew that we were going to showcase in New York. And so I was like, all right, I'm moving to New York. Can't wait. Go in there, getting on Broadway. First year, gonna do it. (laughs) (laughs) I really believed in myself, which it worked out. Um, Yeah. And then I like auditioned nonstop. Literally the day I moved to New York, I didn't even walk the stage uh, for graduation because you have to like stay like a week after like finishing your last class. And I was like, no, I moved the Uh day that I had my last class in the morning at 8 a.m. And I got all my stuff in my car and I went home and then I moved, I got on the train and went to New York. And uh, that, that day I got in, it was like four, no, not even, it was maybe like 2.30. And I dropped all my stuff off in my new apartment. I had nothing in there, like at all. It was just like a bed, no sheets. I had like two bags, literally like two bags, my guitar and my laptop. And I dropped everything down. I put on my my face and and clothes and I went and I did an audition that day. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh my God. I was like, well, I'm going to be here. I might as well just start the thing. And I literally did, I want to say like four to six auditions a week for a couple of weeks wow. and I ended up booking my first thing in the city which was a reading of Bull Durham and then after that I booked three Broadway shows in the same week <laughs> wait in I'm sorry what week? wait hold on <laughs> yeah and then like I booked like three Broadway oh shows you said that way too casually <laughs> NBD guys NBD <laughs> yeah no it was it was truly crazy because I I mean, I'm I'm a little bit of a nuts person because I was like, it's been a month. It's been like two months since I've been here. Why am I not on Broadway yet? Like that's, <laughs> which guys, that's nuts. Okay, most people's stories do not work out this way. And I'm very aware of that and so, so grateful. So I was just like, all right, pedal to the metal. We got to get this. And so I was auditioning for Les Mis, uh, Big Fish, Les Mis the Revival, Big Fish, and uh, a, a show called After Midnight. Mm-hmm. And so I booked After Midnight. That was the first thing but I hadn't like committed to it yet. And then I booked Big Fish and Les Mis the same day. I was oh I was literally God. going back and forth between callbacks that whole day. That's crazy. It was nuts. Literally by the end of the day, I was sick and I was like laying in my bed, like feeling like I had some kind of like sinus infection or something. Like I was like, so just done. And my agents called, they were like, so you've got two things to choose between plus, <laughs> you know, um, after midnight. And then 
I was like, look, you know, I want to originate a role. So I got to originate The Witch and Big Fish, which was like so exciting for a 23-year-old, 22-year-old, 23-year-old in the city after two months. Yeah. So two yeah. months you were working for two. I mean, you were working hard. Like, <laughs> this first is... of all, you were, you were insane. But so you're in the city for two months. Yes. You're like, ah, I should should have gotten something. <laughs> and then within just a few days of each other, you book three Broadway shows that you have to choose between. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, that was just me trying to wrap my head around it. I'm so sorry. That's so, I've never heard anything like that. It, I, I only, insane. like, as I've gotten older, realize how sort of ridiculous that situation yeah. was. Yeah. But in the moment, I was like, yeah, finally, geez. Like, <laughs> just like the, the hubris of being a young person. So believe in yourselves, guys. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Big Fish is such a like incredible show. I, yeah. I never really saw it. I don't think I was like in New York at that time. Um, but I never saw it. And recently, I go to a performing arts school. So I'm a junior, and they're getting us ready for our college auditions. And um, one of the music guys, like, they were like, I think Big Fish would be, like, a really nice musical for you to, like, sing. And when I started listening to the songs, I mean, the songs are so incredible. The writing is so beautiful, and the and then you put the music to it, and it's, like, just brilliant. I, yeah. So that's, like, such an amazing show to be a part of. Yeah, and it's Andrew Lippa, who I was really obsessed with i don't because because i was so late to, to getting into musical theater i like didn't know who sondheim was like i didn't know like i really didn't so people were like yo you're auditioning for susan stroman that's amazing and i was like who is she um <laughs> don't ever tell her i said that <laughs> but i mean truly like i i just didn't really know the only person i really knew was andrew lippa because i did the wild party um, his version of the Wild Party in college, and I just was obsessed. So going into the room to sing for him and to sing his incredible music, I just was like, "Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today." Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
oh, I'm so excited. I'm like nervous and excited and it's so amazing. And he, of course, is just a, an incredible human and very, very, very talented. So, yes. So you have been in Big Fish, Pippin, and Elsa on Broadway. And that's not even including you were in Hunchback in Notre Dame at the uh, Paper Mill Playhouse, right? Yeah, yeah. Currently, for your current role in Elsa, which um, we're in quarantine right now, so I guess it's it's not like a, you know, a current thing. But <laughs> do you have any memorable stage door experiences where you have met fans mm -hmm. who have been impacted by your role as Elsa? Well, I, I, have, I have to say, getting to interact with the audience is my favorite part about what I do. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that often because, you know, we've done a lot of talkbacks, even in like this first month of just being in the show. Um, we you did talkbacks with a lot of different groups and they always ask like, what's the best part about your job? And I'm like, it's honestly interacting with people and getting to hear how what we're doing is affecting them. That's always been my favorite thing, you know, like I really am somebody who doesn't, I don't really like being famous or known or anything like that. Like I'm not that kind of person, I, but I really like being able to interact with a lot of different people and hear their story. Um, and that's something, even when I was just a singer, like people would come up to me and say that song really like broke my heart or it made me feel this or it opened me up to this. And like, that was always for me, like the best validation of like what I'm doing. And I would say, every stage door is incredible at Frozen because honestly, the audience is really varied. There's people from all over the world consistently, people who don't even speak your language at all, which is incredible. And like, so there's the language barrier, but you can tell how excited they are because wow. Frozen is just, it's like such a big thing. It's everywhere. Everyone really knows it and loves it. Um, and there's so many adorable children dressed up, dressed to the nines who just want to tell you about how much they love Elsa and Frozen and Olaf and ask you all the questions. And so I, I think every night is so fun. I wish I could spend more time there, but there's literally so many people every night that it's like <laughs> impossible to do. Um, but I do, I do love it. I, I love interacting with, with folks. And I actually had a, a young woman who I believe was a fan of mine already from previous productions. She cried to me, um, I would say probably like, Two weeks before uh, Broadway got shut down, she was she just was very moved by the performance, and you know really felt connected to Elsa and the struggles of Elsa, which I think a lot of people do. And why I'm so excited to do this role as well is is just knowing that I think there are a lot of women and just people in general who really understand feeling afraid of their own power and uncomfortable with them in their own skin until they like have these moments of these epiphanies, these understandings of themselves, and they feel like it's okay to be their their most powerful self and step into their power. So having, you know, a young woman say like, I, I feel stronger after having seen that is, is that's the best feeling. Mom. No, I know you, I know you said that you, you know, you know, you're not really the type of person to care about fame or, or being, you know, popular or whatever, but you have created a platform for yourself. And, and through looking at your social media, I can really see that you're using your platform to spread positivity and uplifting messages. Do you do you kind of feel that responsibility to use the platform that you've made to, I guess, fight for what's right and spread love? Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, if I, if you know, the byproducts of like 
doing what I do very, very well is to have a platform Then I feel and, and to be, you know, out in the public eye, then I want to use it to the best of my ability to do some good in the world, which is what I ultimately think we do as performers. You know, we hold up the mirror to the world. We expand people's hearts and minds. And so I think that my, you know, Instagram and social media and presence is hopefully an extension of what I'm also doing as a performer, which is, you know, offering a different perspective maybe than people would get or just bringing some lightness, especially now mm-hmm. you know, during the pandemic, during quarantine, everyone's, I think, feeling a lot of stress and anxiety and overwhelm and boredom and fear and all sorts of, you know, negative emotions that don't feel great and i feel them as well truly you know but i also you know i I always remember that i want to focus on the things that i want and not the things that i don't want and so i try to you know use my social media platform as a way to manifest in my own life and hopefully in the lives of others you know the positive things that i i I want i want joy i want to have fun i want to laugh you know, and I also want to grow and I want to challenge myself and others. And so, you know, again, my social media is just kind of an extension of those thoughts that I'm having throughout the day of like, you know, we should talk about this subject or I'm feeling really low. What can I do to feel better? You know, and let's talk about that and be honest about it. You know, I really liked what you said about as performers, our job is to kind of hold a mirror up to the world. And that's so true. I've actually never heard it been put that way. Mm-hmm. You're talking a lot about manifesting and also on your social media, you talk a lot about growth, personal growth and love and light and all that stuff. Are you a spirit? Would you consider yourself a spiritual person? Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is always an interesting, it's kind of a new frontier for me. I would say I grew up I guess you would say religious. Um, I grew up as a Christian. Um, my mom and I went to church almost every Sunday. Um, my mom still goes to church. And I'm not in any way like bagging on church at all. Um, I still do online sermons with Agape International. But for me, I'm beginning to understand like people's disconnect with like the word religious and spiritual, like spiritual because of, you know, we've seen that religion can lead to a lot of dogma or people kind of going in some negative ways. Uh (laughs) Um, And I feel like spirituality is something that can happen with religion and without it. And so for me, that's like the baseline core of like everything that I feel I do in my life, which is connecting to a a higher power. Um, Whatever that means to you is fine. Just as for me, it's like there's there's something bigger than us. And then also that we're all one being, right? We're all one thing. There's a collective consciousness. There's a collective understanding energetically or psychically, whatever you Mm -hmm. believe it is, but we're all connected um, and we're all really one being. So like for me, that is kind of like my core baseline of everything, which allows me, I think, a lot of peace when I am dealing with so many different people all the time. You don't always agree with people, right? You don't always sit on the same wavelength. (laughs) Um, And especially with people you're working with, like uh, as actors and performers, we're around so many different people. Um, And I feel like, yeah, being spiritual and thinking we're all the same, we all deserve the same, we're all worthy of love, all of that, you know, it just helps you connect with people and be kind and, you know, work with integrity. I really love that. Yeah, that's so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? That's so well put. Yeah, Yeah, of course. 
many of you may or may not know, but Sierra is not only a Broadway star and veteran, but she's also a veteran to the TV. Guys, she played a superhero. <laughs> like, come on. She, you can see her as Hawkgirl in DC Legends of Tomorrow Season 1. And, oh my god. I mean, that is where I got Virago from. Because, like, watching you in that is, like... It was literally, like, you. Because you, you're you just so strong. And, like Sydney said, you always stand for what's right. And so I love that. And seeing you in that role, it was, like, you in, like, a... Alter universe, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like life, life imitating art, art imitating life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, thank you. I don't always feel like a superhero in real life, but <sighs> I definitely to play one in in TV world. <laughs> That's awesome. So, do you do you prefer Broadway over TV? Like, not prefer, I guess, but like, there's different aspects. So, what are your thoughts on those? the difference in stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think because I really enjoy interacting with the audience, for me, live theater is my my preferred medium. But I, I, there is still so much importance to being able to reach an audience that is as big as, you know, TV audiences are or like film. I think that, that they're still really important. For me, though, it was difficult because it's, you know, you're filming five days a week, sometimes six, depending on how behind you guys get. <laughs> and you're doing that for a couple of months to get, you know, a couple of episodes done before you even start airing. So you have no idea how this is impacting people. You have no idea what people think, you know, so many different things go into that, but it's just, it's not, I guess I don't get like the gratification of like actually feeling people's energy as I'm performing and like getting to talk to them afterwards to see how how it affected them. So like for me, I, I miss that during doing TV and film. Aww. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's hard because I mean, everyone loves live theater because of the fact that it's live. Like yeah. there's it's an adrenaline rush that you don't get from TV and it's mm-hmm. and like you said, just you you may get direct messages or something like that on Instagram after it's aired, but it's different from that human interaction where you can really yeah. feel see the person and how they're feeling. Like, like you're present with them and you can actually look them in the eye. And, right. Yeah. Also, PSA, if I may, live performances are meant to be live, so you should never ever record them (laughs) (laughs) it's really just so unfair and we had a little bit of that going on um before we shut down broadway and i was really with it yeah because i mean here's the thing i'm doing it eight times a week eight that's a lot of times to be doing a big and heavy show it's a lot of times to do any show to be honest it takes a lot out of you and you want to do your best every single night and it's just also not possible mm-hmm. <laughs> you redos. it's live so if you mess up and someone records that then it lives forever and that's not necessarily fair because when you're watching something live yes you will see mistakes but what you're going to remember most is how it affected you and like the the piece as a whole, right? And I think that's how it is meant to be viewed is for sure. as a whole, not as a snippet and you get to poke fun at 
you know, whatever mistakes get made. Not to mention, this is the most important part, your iPhone or Droid or whatever has terrible film quality and terrible film. <laughs> so it's just not fair. So PSA, don't record live. <laughs> you know what? I've never even thought about it that way. The fact that, like, all of us have messed up on stage. All of us have, you know, done, you know, Countless times. Countless times. I, there was a time where sure. I completely forgot like an entire chorus of Ring of Keys. Um, and it was humiliating. Oh, for and, sure. I, and, and it genuinely impacted. Like, I forgot that I, I opened up the show and I completely forgot the beginning while Neil Patrick Harris was in the audience. And I went back and I was like oh, no. crying so hard. Mm. And um, my wrangler Vanessa had to. I think it was our Easter performance. It was we, it was a two show day. It was it was mm-hmm. a matinee and a and an evening show. And I went in and I screwed up the matinee. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's I I was crying. And I had my mm-hmm. my wrangler Vanessa. She had to like kind of pep talk me. And then I went out for the evening show when Neil Patrick Harris was in the audience. And I messed it up again. <laughs> and it really impacted me. And I can't I can't even imagine if that was like filmed. If that was if that was you right. know. Right. You're right. It isn't fair, but it is live. And also, yeah. I think it's important to, you know, just ex- accept that and forgive yourself for messing up because you, for sure, like you said, you're doing it like eight times a week. That's an, that's an insane amount of times to do it. Yeah. And I've, def- I've definitely messed up in my life. I, I think my biggest mess up was actually in Pippin. I, I don't remember if you were there or not, Eli, because I think it was pretty early on because you came later in my run, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think. I don't think you were there. <laughs> so I think. I believe it was my second week, maybe. And I was like starting to understand my track. You know, your backstage track of like. Right. Okay, I have 15 minutes here to chill. I can go to my room, or I don't, or I do. You know, what whatever my time frame is. And I, in my head, flip flopped two of my chunks of time. Oh no. So I thought I had 15 minutes, and I had two and a half. Oh. So I took myself upstairs to my dressing room to play with Burnham, the dog. Oh, he, he was in he my lived dressing in room. your dressing room. Yeah. He did. Um, and so I'm playing with Barnum, and I'm like, "You're a good dog. You're a good dog. Oh, you're good, you you know, doing like little like songs to him. And all of a sudden, I hear on my door. No. And I'm like, "What?" So I go over, and they're like, "Yeah, it's dead." You're supposed to be on. You're They're yelling at me, like, but through whispers. And I was like, no, I'm not. And they're like, listen. And I hear there's nothing going on on stage. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And so I'm like trying to run, but like also be quiet down the steps. And I don't know what happened to Barnum. I let the door open, everything. It was just a mess. So I'm like, and then I get up to the entrance, and I don't know where we are. Like, I'm like, Oh my god! I don't. I actually have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is the moment in the in the show where leading player comes in and interrupts the ingenue and Pippin as they're like together. And I I say you're supposed to say it naggingly, and I like make her say the line again. And keep in mind, this is also an understudy that's on right now for the. Oh my gosh! This poor girl, she she handled it fabulously though because I got in there and I'm standing between the curtains and I'm literally like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I don't know what this is, what what moment is this, what moment is this? And I hear her go, you know what? 
I remember the leading player said I was supposed to say this naggingly, so I guess I'll say it again. And she says the line naggingly and moves on as if I hadn't, wasn't supposed to go in at all. And like, I talked to people afterwards and they had no idea that anything had happened. She like really covered it so smoothly and like made a joke out of it. And I just, oh my God. I backed up out of the, the curtain and I turned around and the stage manager's just like, and I was like, I don't know. And he, he just threw his hands up and just walked away because there's nothing to be done. That's what I think. I miss that's, a, that's awesome. That's a nightmare that I have sometimes going on. Yeah. Do you ever have a, this weird? I feel like this is something that's common in the theater world. Do you ever have. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You have a weird nightmare where you've already left the show, but then you have a you have a dream where you go back to the show, but it's completely changed. Yes. And you have to like... Yeah. kind of guess what your new everyone's mad at you like you're not getting it right i didn't know you changed the show yeah, when did you change? i also have the dream where i go into shows that i've done before and i'm playing a different role normally it's like a male role or something like that like that i wouldn't really know but i kind of know and i'm like okay well i'll have to take the script out with me and they're like it's fine just go on we need you just go on so like i'm playing uh what's his name in Rent, uh, Roger, instead of Mimi, you know? And so I'm like, okay, I kind of know it because I sing some stuff with Roger. So I'm like playing Roger in like a leather jacket in my dream and like having to like make things up and like go through the, like that's a dream of mine all the time. We I need to make this happen. Don't <laughs> <laughs> No! <laughs> make all my nightmares come true, Eli. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I've, like, lived that in a way because, like, when I was in Finding Neverland, I played literally all four boys, but, like, I played the two the most. But it was funny because Chris Richards and I, we had similar tracks where we'd cover multiple guys, and we would always forget which character we were playing. And, like, because, like, Peter goes on stage in a different... Uh, on a different side of the stage or at a different time as everyone yeah, and yeah. I mean I couldn't tell you how many times I've screwed up my entrances <laughs> screwed up switched character lines and stuff like that it was it was a mess but it was good because we always like you said like it's so good about having that live aspect because and having that um, chemistry with your cast because they're always able to jump right back in and like nothing ever happened so it's cool yeah. to see that oh for sure and I I also recently like the first week that I was on as Elsa I was sort of flip-flopping lines like, <laughs> I, like I knew them but I was like putting them in the wrong order 
And so I did uh -huh. that in the big scene where everyone, where I accidentally reveal my magic. And uh, afterwards, I, I went over to all my castmates and was like, I'm so sorry, I messed up all the lines. They were like, did you? And I was like, because they just covered. They covered really well and just kept going. And I was like, oh, okay. But I was like, I'm so sorry, guys. You had to cover for me. And they're like, we didn't even realize it. Because, <laughs> like, you just go, you know? You just keep, you know, want to keep the ball rolling. So you just keep going, whatever happens. Yeah. For sure. I love that about theater people. They're so on it. They're like, this show must go on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There are also, like, funny mishaps that happen on theater like it's not it's not always like super scary and like humiliating they're just like no. maybe there's like a technical difficulty that happens for example in fun home there there were a lot of like trap malfunctions some of them were yeah. scary but some of them were like genuinely like really funny where we stopped the show yeah, and just yeah. started like talking with the audience until they could get the trap to start working do you have any like technical mishaps like that oh yeah um big fish we definitely had a lot because that was a really it was a pretty tech heavy show and there were a lot of moving parts, a lot of cast members. I mean, there were giant elephant puppet butts that had to be uh -oh. manipulated. Like there were so many things backstage. I can't even tell you like whole like circus and this thing and that. so much stuff. But I do remember one of my favorite things that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Andy's played the giant. So he's a really big guy. He's like six, five or something. And then he had stilts on. Oh my God. And yeah. He's, huge um, and so they had like this i think like this big desk for him and angie ashore is sitting there with like legs and stuff anyway but he's playing the giant and he's talking to norbert leo butts who was playing the lead in big fish and he was like well norbert i'm oh, saying no. <laughs> and Norbert just went, uh, Ryan. <laughs> and everyone just starts laughing. And everyone's laughing for like 10 minutes. And we're all in the background just like, well, okay. <laughs> and then they got back on and he said, well, okay. And then he's done. <laughs> That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Sierra, do you have like... I don't, I don't know about you. I know I'm pretty superstitious when it comes to pretty much anything. Um, and like when I'm always in a show, like I have to make a handshake with someone. And I remember in Pippin, we had our own little handshake. And oh, you did? Yes, you did. Yeah, and so, yeah, because we had, we had about like a two-minute break with each other on like mm -hmm. basically like trapped with each other because it was like a short break and it was just us yeah. on that side of the stage. And um, so we would always like make jokes, and that's where the, that's where she became my Elsa before anyone else's, because um, because we loved Frozen, and she called me Elof, and um, so yeah, um, yeah. So I know, right? Isn't that so cute? It was all her idea. Anyways. And the best part is you gave me an iPhone cover that had Olaf on it. Because Olaf was my favorite character, for sure. Yeah. My favorite. Oh, sure. Um, and you gave that to me. And it was so sweet. I kept it for so long. And so we Olaf. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any, like, superstitions when you're in shows? Or even just during Frozen, like, pre-show rituals or something like that that you do, I guess? Um, I'm not really superstitious, I would say. I think maybe I was when I was uh, a bit younger, and definitely maybe during Pippin, I tried to do some of the same stuff, but mostly mm. because, you know, I know that my body needed that to be prepped and ready to do what we had to do every night. But now I, I try to just 
take it day by day because we don't show up every single day the same person to the show that we were yesterday. And so I take that into account, you know, some days I'm like really not feeling up to snuff, you know, and I am nicer to kinder to myself in that moment. I try to, you know, stretch and do everything, but I don't like do like a full workout before because I'm like, I'm already tired. You know, I try to fuel my body or whatever, but no, I don't feel like there's any like specific thing that I have to do. And as I've been learning the show, because I'm still, I mean, honestly, I'm, I was just getting into feeling like I had it under my belt. There was still like a lot of like backstage stuff that I was figuring out. Because um, there, again, there's a lot of people in this show. There's a lot of moving parts, really big scenery. Um, there's like dangerous things that pop out of the ground that you could trip over that are, you know, there's a lot of stuff to, to keep in mind. And I also have big dresses that I can't let drag all over the ground. Mm. And like, you know, and I have someone who helps me with that, but it's still like a lot of things to be I thinking remember, about. Yeah. But it was really nice. You know, I started to find the moments where I could interact with people backstage and like have a couple moments of joking around or, you know, there's one, one moment where one of the ensemble men, Harris, he would put this big, like, tube in front of his face and had air coming out of it like he would like pull it out of the thing, oh. put it in front of his face to cool down but you know so wow. we're, i was starting to like find these like fun moments um backstage and stuff but there's no for me i every every day is different yeah makes sense it's kind of the beauty of it yeah i guess Agreed. Agreed. so scary about it too uh-huh yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about all these crazy things that you've done but another thing that you've done you were in one of the developmental projects of hamilton yes wait what yeah <laughs> no way did you do it at paper mill is that where or i mean not paper mill public or yeah i i did the lab uh i did a reading maybe two readings i don't remember i did it like the readings and labs right before they did it at the public um, oh. but i booked what did I book? I booked something else and decided to do that. And I knew full well that Hamilton, and I, my, you know, one story from the first reading when I finally heard the whole thing through, I went up to Lynn and I was like, you understand this is going to change the face of musical theater. Oh yeah. Mm. And he was like, oh, and I was like, don't be humble. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I, I full well knew what it was. I was playing Peggy Mariah. Um, mm. Oh my I, God. But I also, I think it, I, I want to say it was a TV show where I was like, you know, I get to be the lead of a TV show. I'm going to go do that. <laughs> mm. So I, Makes sense. <laughs> I'm, you know, very happy with the choice. Everything happens the way that it's supposed to. And I'm still very close with a lot of the ham fam, which is lovely. Ham um, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely special hearing all of that. And especially since, you know, uh, Lynn's music has been really important for me when I, Finally, I only finally got to see my first Broadway show my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then I saw my second Broadway show my senior year, and it was in the Heights. Uh... And, you know, before then, I, I knew that I loved musical theater, but I didn't necessarily know that there was a place for someone who looked like me in musical theater. And seeing in the Heights and seeing uh, contemporary music that I really enjoyed, I was like, oh, yeah do that that's for me i can do that so that was really really important uh moment for me so to get to work with lynn again then on hamilton was amazing yeah yeah and that's what has to be so incredible for while you play elsa like to inspire all of these even like not just young 
future actresses and actors or whatever, but also adults that like, like you said, when they're in high school or even in college that you're like, wow, I can actually do this. Yeah. So it's, it's so it's cool a, what you're doing. It's a place for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Aww. Okay, cool. Um, so that's it. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you and your time. Uh, I miss you dearly. I miss you too. <laughs> but it was so great to catch up with you again. And uh, I guess we can do our curtain call now. So take a bow, Sierra Renee. Woo! <laughs> take a bow, Sierra Renee. Thank you so much for coming on. We had so much fun. Uh, we had a few technical difficulties, but... <laughs> had so many technical difficulties. <laughs> but she was so nice about it, and um, she's the best. I mean, and Pippin, I loved her so much, and I'm glad that we've been able to stay in touch. And then she was able to come on and talk with us for a few minutes. Uh, and so we're very thankful. She's so nice. Yeah. I loved what she had to say. Yeah, and she has such an interesting career. And the story that she had about, like, off getting offered three Broadway shows at once, like, that's absolutely crazy. Dude, that's crazy. Honestly, and I know this may sound cliche, but truly, like, if anyone deserves it, it's her. Like, she's just the kindest human being. And, uh, you know, I, I love her, and she's so talented. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, so um, I know. I'm so mad now that Frozen's closed because I was never able to see her as Elsa. I know. We'll, we won't be able to see her. I know. it. It's so sad. And that's another reason why the Actress Fund is so important, everyone. Just example, Frozen being closed, you know, people are losing their jobs, and the Actress Fund can help them with that. So don't forget to donate. Yeah. We just wanted to say that we encourage you guys to continue to show your support and to sign the petitions and to email and call and do whatever you can. And go to protests if you can. It, stay yes, safe. but stay safe. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, I've attended protests. I know Sydney's been trying to call. and. Uh, yes, my family and I have been signing a bunch of petitions and calling state and local leaders. Uh, it's interesting. My mom and I last night were uh, going down through a list for people to call for justice for Breonna Taylor. And we discovered that uh, in certain cases, they made it really hard to call who you needed to call. So, like, we, we would call the number, but then you would we would have to jump through a bunch of hoops. However, that should not deter you at all from calling. What matters is persistence. You have to be persistent. Yeah, and take the action that's necessary because it may n not seem like you're helping, but a little bit goes a long way, you guys. Yeah. We love you, stay safe, fight for what's right, Black Lives Matter. Sick beat, am I right? Special shout out to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Colonon for our amazing intro and outro music. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Take a Bow. We hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us from. And tune in next week for another episode. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash takeabow and follow us on Instagram at takeaboutpodcast, where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions, or questions and keep up with all things Take a Bow. See you next week. Bye, everyone. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.